Three, four, two, one. It is time That's for another evening with Let's Talk Melrose Melrose. Good evening. I'm Tom Catalini. I'm Jen LeClaire. Where's your accent, Jen? Oh, I'm Jenny O'Clary. <laughs> Very good. Well, sounds like you, I'm the Shamrock Hammer. And I'm just Tom Shampoo. <laughs> well, I think many people would disagree with that qualification. Mm -hmm. Just Tom Shampoo. You are the amazing Tom Shampoo who uh, counts in both directions, up and down, when it's ready to get ready Whatever for showtime. <laughs> yes, uh, he counts in both directions. And uh, I'll tell you, one thing I'm wondering about is uh, who signed us up for the trivia bee, and do I have to do anything? Because I feel like I have an absence of knowledge. Information. In, in the area of general knowledge <laughs> I, I think that's because i i'm team captain this year which is a mistake um but yes we are we still need to pick our name you guys um and i oh, thought fans, fans could weigh in i i uh well, yes fans that's a that's a great that's a great idea i i started a whole google doc on this subject if you guys remember so uh yeah we need a team I, name yeah. for our trivia b i had just suggested uh the bees g's um <laughs> like disco yeah saturday um, night it is saturday night yeah. that's when the event is saturday right night. We, saturday night fever we get the saturday is. night fever. we we be gonna win this thing i don't know i forget i'm gonna look up my we had we had some good we had some good ideas but yeah give us some good names for our trivia b team i think so we need the, to do that yeah yeah the uh, the good people of melrose uh, wherever they are in the world can weigh in on that throughout the show we are of course mm -hmm. uh celebrating saint patrick's eve today uh, last mm -hmm. year we were on on St. Patrick's Day, and uh, we have been talking and thinking, like many others, about what the world was like a year ago and what it's like a, a year later. And I think we had some graphics, Tom, if you have them handy. I do, we, I do yeah. We, but just to give people, uh, so we have two graphics, a week, a week one and week two. So here's week one. The, the last show in normal times, right? Right. There wow. it is. That in the That's studio. Oh, look, look at Steve wearing the shirt again. Steve Pizzella <laughs> look loves how, that Look how new it looks. Look how young everybody so, looks. This was, this was a year. Look, look how happy everyone is. This is a year ago in March. And then March this is, 10th. And March 10th. And this is March 17th, a week later. Last oh, year, oh, wow. St. Patty's Day, and everyone's on screen now, Zoom and all yeah. that. So, yeah, and big we, changes. From and we did talk about uh, coronavirus on the last show in uh, in the studio on March 10th. It was just breaking at the time, and we talked about Mayor Broder and Ruth Clay uh, had, had released some information on that and was all just starting. And we are pleased to announce, of course, Mayor Broder will be joining the show shortly for an in-depth interview on yes, uh, very excited mun municipal finance topics. There's a couple of things going on. There's some free cash. Uh, which is kind of par for the course, but a little bit, uh, it seems heavy this year, uh, which is, I don't know if that's good or bad, but there's some decisions to be made. And then uh, the, the $1.9 trillion uh, uh, COVID relief package, American Recovery Act, whatever it's called, is heading our way uh, like a fast moving train full of cash. And we have to figure out what to do. But will it or will it not stop at Cedar Park? <laughs> yeah, that's also a question for the mayor. So we're looking also. forward to speaking with the mayor. I have a quick, quick note that I want to just jump in and say, if, if I may. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, I got a nice, lovely certificate from the mm. one and only Jen O'Leclary. Yeah. The, uh, the, awards, because the awards committee last, has been out. The, the awards committee from the city of Melrose. Uh, my son turned 18 last week after the show. And uh, that means both of my kids are now 18 or older. And so the award is great job raising kids into adulthood. Yeah, and you, I got, you, got a, you got a, you got a certificate, a, a certificate of completion. completion. I completed my task. <laughs> yes. So, yes. but yes, or at so, least the whole completion point is, of phase one. I would say, <laughs> having some kids that are a little bit older, I would say that's completion of phase one. So, but the whole point of bringing it up is, thank you. The whole point of bringing it up is because I wanted to just remind people, uh, or at least acknowledge, that I wouldn't have wanted to raise them anywhere else besides right here in Melrose. I feel so glad that my kids were right here in Melrose. Uh, yep, and um, so again. Just love the city, love everything it stands for, and and everything that it is, and glad to be a part of that. So, and uh, we're we're proud of you. We love you and support you. Although you almost took the show completely off the rails by being absent last uh, <laughs> yeah. when you when you went out for that family <laughs> celebration of, of Eli's birthday. That's right, Eli's birthday. Awesome. So, all right. All right, lots of going on tonight. Lots going on. Uh, yeah, before right? before we get into these, I wanna I wanna give a quick shout out to you. This past weekend, our five, uh, you know, it's been a tough year for all kinds of uh, student activities and stuff like that. But um, the uh, the most resilient of our Melrose DI teams, Destination Imagination, uh, there are five teams this year, and they. Uh, they had they they had to present a vi their a video solution this year of their of their central challenge it's called in in di terms and so all the all the five teams submitted their their uh, their solutions over the weekend they'll be you know it'll be all appraised and they'll be awarded and all that kind of stuff it's a it's a statewide Massachusetts uh, statewide tournament so congratulations it's hard it was hard work this year it was tricky and they they did great so congrats awesome yeah right, fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's a great program. Uh, so I think it's time, though, to get into the news. First order of business, does anybody know a, a semi-reputable place where news could be reported? So Mike Karaji of The Patch has breaking news relative to Melrose, and we're all reading The Patch night and day around the clock every time. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no. There it is. Oh, no. That's too bad. Permanently, uh, you That's heard. True. You heard. You heard it you here heard it first. Here. Oh, we're, sorry, we're sorry to hear that. He's our roving reporter. Yes. Thank you, Mike Karaji. Thanks for the Thank scoop. You. Mike Karaji. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll read the details patch. in the patch. Details will be in the patch. Thank you, Mike Karaji, who has been a co-host of the show in the past and a, a fan and a, a prior guest when we were in the studio and co-host when we've been here and i wonder if it is the uh you know we've got two cvs's and a walgreens and green street green street pharmacy uh yeah isn't gonna make it i guess so that's yeah. sad news right. you hate to yeah. see you know there used to be um there used to be another pharmacy uh on main street in melrose now i can't remember the name of it uh that was um like the apothecary right? yes 20 <laughs> right wasn't it 20 years ago uh, all right, we're moving on because I don't I know, know what I, I'm talking I about. 
Yeah. Paul will probably know. So once we get Paul to will him, know. We'll Paul will know. We'll talk to the mayor when he comes on. <laughs> oh, Melrose, okay. he, he's in, he's uh, Melrose Drug Center. Okay. Wait. Yeah. We need yeah, to Melrose see. We need drug. to. Thank you. We we're, need to get. Thank, thank you. We need to. We need to get the people who know on this show. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, the mayor about Let's get into it. <laughs> all right. So we're into the news. We've got the breaking news about the pharmacy. And uh, are we talking about fire pits again this week? No. 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 I think just we can skip over the. Just okay. Just Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a few things for elementary caregivers. I'll say really quickly because things are happening really fast at our school. So we want to just get the news out that tomorrow night um, bloop, is a Q&A with Dr. K, Jen McAndrew and the mayor at 6 p.m. There's the WebEx link um, to talk about elementary uh any questions and answers you may have. Uh, but families will, this is all my air quotes, families will retain the choice as to whether to send their children in school, uh, school in person or have them learn remotely through the end of the school year per DESI. So um, go join that um, WebEx to ask questions. And then also if you're an elementary parent, don't forget, if you have, don't already know, there's a survey, fill it out and um, so that they can start planning for where the children will be going in the buildings and staffing. Okay, there it is there. Wow, great. Thanks, All right. Hey, that's a lot of it's info. happening really fast, so. Yeah, it's true. That's true. That's all we got. Thank you. Thank so, you. A lot of things are happening fast, but what we want to do is talk to uh, Mayor Broder, uh, who's been on the show a number of times and uh, kind of focus this conversation about what we talked about at the top of the show the free cash and the uh, and the American uh, Relief Act money coming. And we're going to try something a little bit different this week. We're going to, what are we put? What are we putting in the interview corner? What are we're we calling Tom it? Tom and Jen are being put in time. We're being put in oh, time we're out. Being, we're being put in time out <laughs> while the, the knowledgeable folks have an in-depth discussion on a couple of topics. So we're going to see how this works. And if somebody who knows how to work, the mechanics can do that. Uh, give you the walk I, yeah, we can music do it ourselves. We, we can remove ourselves. You do walk up music. Add, I'll, we'll add I'll remove us both. Both. We'll add Paul and then we'll be back for the dancing. Technology. There we go. Hey. Hey, all right. <laughs> Wait a minute. All right. Bye. <laughs> there it is. Oh, I have the worst <laughs> lighting. It's not fair. It's all right. You're wearing Who's green. Who doesn't want to go? On the fly. <laughs> Fantastic. Your events people need work. I didn't know it was a St. Patty's Day thing. Literally, <laughs> no one else did either, clearly. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm wearing uh, Irish black, I guess, is how that goes. <laughs> oh, no, I showed up in a suit. I want that clear. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I, uh, today, you're our dignitary. Hi. Yeah, welcome. It is good to be back. Yeah, Melrose Drug Center was yep. where, kind of where, to the, to the left of Camilla's as you face it, um, Green Street might be the only, I think it's the only independent pharmacy left left in Melrose. Wow. Yeah. We, we well, will miss them. They deliver. Started, Long started before delivery was a thing. They delivered. Wow. Yeah. So we have a lot to cover, but I had a couple of things very quickly, if I, if, if, if I may, Sam. I was talking to Sam earlier about this. Like, there's so many things going on in the city. We could do this show probably once a month, at least, if not more. Um, but just because of what's happening these days, I want to give you a quick uh, minute or two to just uh, update people on a couple of things that are in the news. Uh, the vaccines are going well. I saw a news piece in the patch. 25% of the city, I think, has had at least one vaccination. Um, so that seems like good news, I think, and, I ho and hopefully it'll pick up speed. But uh, just a quick thought on that. How are you feeling about that process? 
Um, oh, I also, okay. Are we going one at a time or are you giving me yeah, the list? No, I'll do one at a time. We'll do, we'll do one at a time very quickly. Uh, the vaccine thing is is nuts. And I, <laughs> I am on a uh, very small committee of kind of municipal officials that interact with Lieutenant Governor Polito and Secretary Sutters and the um, the candor has been great of late. Um, you know, there's been some there's been some bumps along the way, um, but because vaccine is coming in from a lot of different places into a lot of different channels, like the um, CVS is growing their capacity. That's totally controlled by by the federal government, so it gets a little hard to translate down to yeah. for folks. Why aren't you doing X, Y, or Z? Why is this other place being able to do it? Um, it, it it's it is it is nuts, but we are getting to a point where I think a million people in Massachusetts, if the numbers I heard this morning from Secretary Sutter's are correct, are fully vaccinated, and that's out of a probably a population of 4 million vaccinatables because, you know, we don't do right. right now 18 or younger. You can do, you can do Moderna. I'm not sure about J and J, but no one under 16 can currently get vaccinated. Right. So okay. right. um, well, that's good to hear. it's moving slow, but it's moving, it's moving in the right direction. And again, folks from pray all praise to uh, our local board of health and the gazillion volunteers that helped out in a bunch of different ways from, you know, helping folks sign up to making sure the clinics run okay to even, you know, nurses, physicians, assistants, those folks putting the shots into the arms. Um, one of the reasons why the process is frustrating is it's been somewhat taken away from local cities and towns. Like we're really good at this and it's something that they've been practicing in various ways for, for 20 years. So, let us get back to it. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is the shots in the arms. And so we'll continue to cheer that on and we're ready to, when and if vaccine is made available to Melrose, we are ready to put it into arms 24 hours after we get the word. Good. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I wanna move ahead to the money because I do wanna get to that money topic. So Sam, let's, let's cover that. Um, so as Tom Kettley mentioned, there is, uh, this what's called free cash that's available to the city. Um, and there's also now this, um, the American Recovery Act, the money coming in from the federal government, $1.9 trillion. And I think Mass got $8.2 billion for local aid. And so Melrose gets $8 million, I guess, as, a, as, a, as um, an allocation. So, yeah, so let's, let's take those one at a time, I guess. And so let's start with the with free cash. Like, that's what, what is it? Explain it to folks who don't know very quickly. Uh, but let's talk about the free cash and what it means for the city. Because free cash very, isn't really free, right? No. And very quickly, folks, you all know it's not my strong point. Lord knows. It's probably a 20-minute <laughs> run-in that if this was not live and could be edited would make for a lovely piece of television. But off we go. Right? So free cash is kind of what's left over at the end of the fiscal year. It's probably the easiest way to think of it. DOR standard says... You should probably try to shoot for somewhere between three and five percent of your your annual revenue coming back to you in the form of free cash, uh, and that is for a bunch of reasons. Budgets are um, predictions about what money you're going to have and what needs you're going to confront. 
right? It, and haven't seen it at the state level where it's much more complicated. You know, Mass Health could spend a billion dollars. They could spend 1.5, depending on a lot of different circumstances. Uh, here in Melrose, we have that not as much. Employees might come on or off. Um, health insurance costs can go a little bit wacky. We can have, you know, we will project out new growth, which is the extra tax money we get when someone, say, throws a deck on their house or whatever the case may be. Our car excise tax, if a bunch of people buy new cars, we do better on the on the excise tax front than maybe maybe we would have predicted. This year is a little bit funky. And that is the reason why it is five million, which is a high kind of outlier for us, is what hit over the last year is a one million dollar payment as a result of a lease the city entered into uh, before my time with waste management around a parcel on Route 99. Now, that is terrific. It's really, but it's that represents payment for a 10 year obligation. And if we try to get out of that obligation, if we have a good reason, we might need to claw back some of that money. So it's probably not a great idea to just push that all out into the street. So we try to use that money for um, one time costs, things that, that we know we're not going to see every year. And if you really want to be a hardcore municipal geek, I got to recommend this docu document to you. Oh, this is, how interesting. How, this <laughs> is, and it's available by link, not in the chat, but how this is yes, the <laughs> FY2020 <laughs> Capital Improvement Program. And so if I can make interject. a long, long story very short, yep. if you're doing well, you budget your capital needs just like you do your operating needs so that you so that you keep up over time. And this, this, this is really, and it was done in a very kind of efficient and professional way with a team of folks from both inside and one person outside of city government to list, prioritize, and assess all our all our needs. So this is kind of this awesome. is the shopping list right. of so non-ongoing expenses. So yeah. our, our our garden uh, producers will find that link in our show document, um, and if they want to put it in the chat or in the comments, it'd be great. But um, we have the we have the cheat sheet that we can talk through. Um, but first, I wanted to say, like I I with my personal finances, I'm an over budgeter, um, so I'm very thankful that Melrose too is an over budgeter, mm -hmm. um, and so it's nice to see. Um, well, I guess it's nice to see, but we do have um, this money that. Um, is is needed to be spent, and as you mentioned, capital projects, one-time expenses are I more ideal than uh, longer-term engagements, like employees and so on. So I do have your list. If you don't mind, we can talk through it. Pop but it if up. you, yeah. no, that's up to you. It's it's it, it, the important thing for folks to understand: free cash is not an anomaly. It's right. it it is a recurring <laughs> source that is really a representation right. of good management and this yeah. is something historically over time i understand we have hovered around four million dollars last year we were very conservative in terms of pushing a lot of money into reserves in case covid you know in case we needed that money for interrupted revenue or unusual expenses whatever the case may be but there is a method to the madness and there is a very well thought out plan 
for how to deal with cap ongoing capital expenses in the city. So, Sometimes you gotta vary it a little bit, but this is the Bible. So yeah, that's and um, I'll just put up the graphic. I just took a screenshot earlier, and some of these things are already kind of in the works. Um, is that yep. or okay? They either are or are, they're certainly planned for, but things that are like pretty clear. Like salt shed is in process. One of the middle school security lines is done. The frontline fire apparatus is done. The scuba is done. The floor is done. The city hall generator is at the top of the list uh, for this year, as we've seen really, we haven't had a failure, but we've seen really in spades how important it mm -hmm. is for that kind of infrastructure to be able to survive uh, a lot of curveballs, including maybe having to run the city without city hall. So that yeah. is that so, is what I suspect will be the I hope will be the number one priority for free cash in this yeah. uh, in this round. So just for folks, so uh, if if I remember correctly, the document that you showed us is the plan that the committee put together, and I think it outlines sixty six total projects, but those fourteen are like the priorities that Melrose has right now. Yeah. So it sounds like half of them are at least started or being started, which is really great to see. Um, but again, this. So the, the $5 million, what's called free cash is not really free, but it's also not an, not unusual for Melrose. We have uh, money every single year. It sounds like from, from the budgeting process. Um, yep. And that's good. That's good for us. I guess it keeps us uh, healthy in the sense that we can look at capital improvements. And again, capital improvements, I think are the over $25,000, the last five years or more, and it's a non-recurring expense, oh. is that right? Is that right? I was reading the you? documents. Oh my God. Prepping for the, prepping for the big marriage, come on the, and talk. When, if folks, if, you know, if the hardest of the hardcore take a look at their at this list, um, they will see it's incredibly thoughtful. Um, yeah. A lot of energy and attention went into it, but they're gonna look at this and they're not gonna go for probably 90% of what's on here. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> no one is saying, I can't wait for the Hoover roof to be repaired because that is going to make for some really awesome stuff happening in the city. Yeah. So but, I haven't. But that's haven't, the stuff you got to do. So yeah. without having read through the whole thing, I'm just curious. I, yeah. I read the cheat yeah. sheet, um, mm -hmm. but are there other things in there um, or even since that was done in um, uh, 2020? I don't know what year it is now. Um, but are there things that departments need today that they didn't need last year when this document was produced or are there one-time expenses or improvements that and would there like each wish list like from parks or recreation yeah. okay no it's a terrific question because this really this process started i think in june of 19 or fiscal you know so it, it runs on fiscal years which are a little bit funky and there's always going to be things that come up on an emergency basis that are ideally, you know, you gotta find some way to pay for them. I wanna say the library elevator died a while ago. That has to get up and running immediately for ADA right. issues and yeah, yeah. for good customer service. That was around a $50,000 expense. It's just gonna happen. Luckily we got a bucket to pay for it out of. So there's yeah, things so, like that. So when, how do we as, uh, late regular people. How do we? How are we going to see? Or are the departments going to present kind of their wish list of like technology improvements or, so, you know, I'm a, I'm in the tech side, Indeed. so software things or again what the rec department needs or um, 
are we going to know what what those are? Do we get to to hear? Well, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a two part process. There, every department, the the CIP thing was done by every department stepping up and identifying their needs from, and then the, again the group prioritized. Some of them aren't so remarkable. Some of them are very big ticket. And then they certainly there's other chances for input along along the way. And there are some things that come up that are totally outside kind of capital. Like, our, our commitment to free cash for DEI work. You're not going to find right. that, you know, you're not going to find that in a CIP. It's probably not something that would have come up in a department wish list, except maybe for mine. And, and off you go from there. Um, the process in some respects is constant. And by, I'll, I'll use this as an example. The, uh, the senior center needs HVAC work um, wasn't necessary. It wasn't quite frankly on the radar when this when this plan was built. Um, the need has arisen. I'm not sure it is a dire need, meaning we can't open without it. But you want to be flexible enough to recognize. All right, we got an interesting set of circumstances here, where there's a couple of things going on that maybe have uh, we made some progress on since this was written. Uh, Air quality in public's buildings makes a huge difference. And we weren't really thinking about that so much sure. two years ago. Um, and we also recognize with some of the resiliency work we've done and our kind of our net zero efforts that one thing Melrose doesn't have, particularly because all our buildings for the most part are old, is a cooling center. So, you know, we have very good data that says our summers are going to get very, very hot. Mm -hmm. And how do we help people? Well, one way we can help people is we have state-of-the-art HVAC in our senior center. And uh, I'll make a gentle plug for perhaps a new civic space like a library that would be able to, you know, serve not just the, the obvious need, but a little bit of a bigger picture. You're going to check a lot of boxes. I mean, as you can imagine, people are excited to... So with the free cash opportunity that happens um, pretty much every year, as you mentioned, it's a good, it's good to like catch up on the, the new roof that we need in our homes or the, to update our water tanks and the things that we have to do um, when we try to budget ourselves. Right. But this, um, this extra eight mil, eight or so million from the federal government provides an interesting opportunity for Melrose to really kind of propel into the future. Um, and I think that's why people are, really excited to hear, um, you know, obviously it's happening, it's happening in real time, but to hear what it's you're thinking, exciting. I, uh, yeah, to, uh, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's I'll not as sure. exciting as Medford's $40 million or Newton's like buckets. Yeah. of cash. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> but no, this weird. is, it's a, you know, for it's good looking, news. It, it has, is very good right. news. It's 10% um, of our budget, right? So that's, that's fantastic. Uh, and Almost. you know, it's, I'll get on my political horse for a second. Elections matter. And we've got an American rescue plan that is desperately needed, not just for, for the city, but for individuals throughout Massachusetts and throughout the United States. And folks are going to get help that they need and deserve. And happily, that includes cities and towns. So I'm not, uh, I, everyone wants more, but I am, I am not complaining about the fact that we're getting 8 million bucks for sure. Yeah. So let's so talk about that. Yes, I'm sorry, go ahead. What are we going to do? 
Right. That's the yeah. That's the question. Uh, the first thing we got to do is find out exactly what we can spend it on. Meaning, is it are there any strings attached? One thing we learned from there was kind of an evolution of what you could do with CARES Act money and FEMA reimbursements, where you had to spend it by a certain time, you had to spend it on this, and then you could then you could hold on to it longer. And then the FEMA reimbursements were bigger. So maybe you'd want to shift stuff around the way you were paying for it. Um, it is not 100% clear yet, and I think it will be fairly shortly, what the realm of the possible is. Meaning, you know, between the CIP and the master plan and some of the small scale things that we've done over the last year that really worked, I think of like some of the public art stuff. It was really kind of a down payment on some very, very interesting, creative things that helped the creative arts economy, helped generate business downtown, you know, a, a ton of good things. Are those things that we can do with the money? Because obviously it's stimulus money. The idea, I assume, is get it out there, get it out on the street quick and tie it to COVID. Right. So uh, I... I, I wonder if there's some opportunity for some of the small business um, uh, assistance that maybe could have saved Green Street or other businesses that have hourglass. We missed you already. Um, or again, yeah, ways to help um, kind of get the funds down to the to the people. I, I did see here, um, not to pivot for a moment, but um, I also saw today that you announced the participatory budgeting project, which um, is really, I, I love that stuff. Um, sure. So $5,000 is designated for mostly for Melrose High School students to come up with something they want to spend the money on around town. We I assume- We bought them to $8,000,000, $5,000. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so are you, what are you hoping to get out of that? Or what do you think they're going to come back with? Not to have any, any leading things. Do you well, you know, so I, 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 I can't be clear about that. I, I don't care. And obviously <laughs> it, it has to be, it has That's... to be possible and legal. But as we started <laughs> the process, um, quite frankly, I think, you know, the students that were getting involved, had a hard time believing that or kind of internalizing it. And so they were, um, they had a kind of a very narrow view of what, you know, what can we really do? And so we've, to a certain degree, we've rejiggered the process a little bit um, <laughs> to try to make it a little bit more interactive and kind of try to draw it out, try to draw it out from something. It's like, it doesn't have to be in the schools. It doesn't have to be, COVID related. I mean, it does, again, it, it, we have, there's a couple of ideas or principles that we'd like to see, you know, it, it'd be great if it had a lasting impact, it would be, or if it could be seed money for a, for a bigger play about something else, that's terrific. But it really is the, I mean, the, the deal with participatory budgeting, particularly at this scale is if it's going to work as intended, you really got to let them own it. Yeah, you know, you really, really got to let them, got to let them do it. And so we will. If they well, all so come back asking for a beer garden, it did not come from us or. Because <laughs> 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 that would be no. very inappropriate 
That is correct. That is yeah. correct. There will be no. So one of the reasons no I was cafe, bookstore, organic tea, Melrose, high school shop. I suspect. <laughs> Unless I can um, figure out how to do it, in which case, let's go. One of the things that, that I liked about this conversation tonight was because there's the intersection of both of these happening at around the same time, the information coming out. And I feel like in some ways, so the 5 million, the free cash is tied to the budget and that has to be spent this year. Is that correct? As a part more of or less. this. It's a little yeah. bit more complicated than that, but yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I felt like this is great because we have money for capital improvement project. We have a list of 14 priorities and now we can look at those and maybe make those happen. And then the other piece, the 8 million from the federal government, um, what are the specifics for that? Like, is that a one-time check that Uncle Sam writes to Melrose, or is that like a, over four years or five years? Like, how right does that now, how, how does that money come in? And right now, it is. It's going to sound contradicting. It's it's a one-time allocation that we're going to get in two chunks. Okay. Uh. So <laughs> it'll be eight million dollars over. I think it's going to be a couple of years. Yeah. But, but definitely one time. You know, one time money. Okay. Um, yeah. And the, again, then there we are assuming that there's also going to be some dedicated education buckets of money separate and apart from the, from the 8 million and one thing that makes it a little bit tricky in certain respects is if there is an infrastructure bill coming which looks like there is you know do we have to start thinking about you know kind of the shell game again if we decide with five million bucks, we can stand up some really great transportation initiatives, and then six months down the road, find out that there's actually going to be new federal dollars for that. We have to make sure we're flexible enough to yeah. pivot away so that we can maximize all the different buckets of money that yeah. we might be able to tap in the next little while. Wow. So, is there going to be a process for the public to participate in the decision? Not decisions, but in the in the um, comment. Uh, aspects of what we think might be the most beneficial ways to help Melrose move forward. Because I've, again, I feel like the 8 million is such a great opportunity for the city to do things it never would have imagined before, right? So the capital improvements, you have to make them, but this is like almost like found money in some ways or money that we can use to do things that we never imagined we'd be able to do. So as the mayor of the city, um, you know, what are the things that, 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 <laughs> yes, exactly. What are the things that most excite you about this opportunity? And again, how do we allow for the public to weigh in at some point in the process? I mean, I, I said, I mean, things that kind of, it sounds almost clear, strategic value investments. So things like investments in public art, wayfinding, yeah. those kind of things that can really over time, set the table for more investments, more growth, the, you know, the opportunity to maintain, to grow and maintain. Right? The, that's going to be a big focus. And we're really, we're hoping we can be, that uh, there aren't that many strings attached. You know, is yeah. We have to, you know, what we all dread is, you know, five years down the road, there's a federal audit and they say, you know, that 8 million bucks we gave you, 5 million of it was spent outside the bounds of what we thought was good taste. Give it all back. Now, it's a, I'm I'm not super worried about that, yeah. but I'm more than more than not worried about it at all. That's for sure. But the you know the opportunities really are endless. You know, can we 
can we do that kind of downtown development and do it in really kind of game-changing ways? Can you can you kind of push all our values into the into that framing? Meaning, what can we do downtown that helps business? Yeah. That is a transportation initiative that also gets us towards our net zero goals. Yeah. You know, if we can find those kind of things, that's. I mean, so as you know, more, awesome. as you know, uh, your this wonderful city is uh, has lots of opinions and is very civically active. Um, so, <laughs> eight million um, bucks, ten million opinions. That's yes. Right. Um, are you envisioning ways to engage? How how are you going to engage the community? Community in um. Well, first thing we're going to do is is find out find out what the it, range. yeah yep you know it's yeah. definitely find out the range of what can do you yeah. know what we can do yeah. and then we'll rip the cover off it and see you know see what see what people want to do I and mean, obviously you stuff it into there there are some boring needs that people don't tend to typically respond to and it will be very hard to continue to remind people that this money is one-time investment type money and it is not a good practice to you know, monetize ongoing expenses if you don't know how you're going to meet them now that doesn't mean you can't get super creative like all right could we could we pay off debt and turn that into a revenue stream that yeah I, yes that's a great that was very sexy way to spend this money. I love that. That was good. yes, yes. I know debt. We have debt. Um, Can we buy GameStop stock? Of GameStop yeah. stock. That's right. Roblox. We're sending it all to Everett. We're putting it all on black and hoping for the best. There we go. <laughs> well, as your fe second favorite news outlet um, in Melrose, probably yeah. the Patch is the first. Um, we are happy to help be your conduit to the community if you need any. Um, yeah. I'm, that's what they say. Um, if you need any way to um, to pull opinions in um, or yeah. push information out, we are happy to do that. Yes, of course. Well, then let me take a moment to plug our outdoor performance space survey that <laughs> that just hit the street um, today. And <laughs> Look who's there, Jenny the O'Cleary. Magic, magic of technology. <laughs> <laughs> can fill in a little bit more. No, they actually, I don't. No, I they don't can't hold us back anymore. <laughs> yeah, I so, listen, I clicked on the link for your survey, and what's interesting to me, so for, I love the idea, and you have a map of all the, the parks and places that we could have venues, which is awesome. But I clicked on the survey, and it's really for people who want to put on an event, right, <laughs> and what their requirements would be. It's yeah. not for people that want to go to events. So I'm hoping right. that this word gets out to the Porch Fest people and other people who do things in town. Yeah. Uh, that that want to put that on. That's correct, right? Yep. Yeah. Block parties, dad bands. We got it. Yeah. I yeah. I can, I would add to that though that part of the impetus for this, and the mayor can attest to this, is that um, organizations who already have programming plans and are only lacking the space and venue started approaching the city um, and also the cultural council. We know who our 2021 grantees are. We've said, yes, you can have some money. They've got a plan, they've got presenters and performers, they've got the staff, they just don't have a space. And so um, part of part of this was um, for, for, for folks who, who are ready, um, but for space. Um, so the ideas are also great, but um, 
that you know that sort of where it started. Right. I'll tell the council, the the cultural council, I had the chance to drop drop in on one of the meetings last night, and they are totally on top. And Tom, to your point, like it's almost we talked about this a little bit last night. The the chicken or the egg problem. Do you approach the artists first and see what they're looking for, or do you try to identify venues and then go out and look for the artists? artists? The artists just want to perform, man. So yeah. you're yeah you're looking for the organizers who are going to pull like the Sam Hammers of the community who are going to pull things together and make make stuff happen. Yes, I you know I am just I'm just it, it's all about you know Russell Park open air performance for me. So <laughs> when, <laughs> there you the go. block party comes, there's another eight million dollar possibility. Right <laughs> yeah. there. Oh my god! Do a music to my ears. A little bit of lighting. <laughs> <laughs> We do have a question coming in from our, our own Jess Dugan, speaking of Russell Park, about uh, whether or not the average person who's not looking for a venue to perform, but as a spectator, uh, if there'll be a survey opportunity to weigh in for that. Um, so uh, I just wanted to pop that up there. Whoop. Sure, we can do that. And Melrose Cultural Council does a survey every yeah. year. And there you go. Wow. Paul, I also, I know that there was another thing from last week that I wanted to just touch on real quick that's not related to, to the, uh, the the two uh, money um, conversation pieces we had. There was a meeting last week, a public forum, I believe, last week that you had uh, with uh, MBTA for the cuts. Was that right? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. So you want to speak for a minute on that, too, since we have you, just quickly how that went, what what that looked like? and um, It went fine. It wasn't, it wasn't um, particularly well well attended, I'll be candid about, but it is recorded so that folks can take a look at it if they want. It was mostly, you know, the MBTA just taking us through their, what they call, I think, surge forward, something forward. And it really is, here are our cuts. I mean, everyone's got a, everyone's got a marketing angle on this kind of stuff. Um, it's mostly to educate folks about what the service cuts look like. You know, we've headed off certainly the worst of them, but they're, still out there and probably the biggest benefit to that is they've talked about building back up and restoring service as as need be and the important question for me and for the community for for services that may be um totally shut off like you know some of the late night service or the elimination of one of the bus lines is once it's totally totally eliminated how do you assess the need for it how do you know when it's time to bring it back if those people are all gone, essentially, maybe have changed transportation modes, how do you reach them? Right. And they um, they were honest that we really don't have a good answer for that. We need to think about it. Um, but, you know, continuing to pay attention to the T and really other ways to be innovative about transportation and look at, you know, the there's an extraordinary amount of money coming from the feds for transportation initiatives, particularly public transit. Yeah, is... I was just going to say, so like it's frustrating to hear that conversation because if you look at the American Rescue Plan, there's $30 billion coming at the same time. So understanding they need to plan, you know, they can't count on this money, but now it is the law and it is yep. coming. So it's disappointing, you know, to figure out how that gets um, sussed out. And I think, you know, I've gone to some of those meetings and people feel like, you know, it's an opportunity for them to make cuts that they've always wanted to make or reduce things. And it really screws things up in Melrose, uh, in particular, when you start cutting out bus routes or, mm -hmm. take, yeah. you know, take away train stations. Uh, yeah, that, and that was certainly that, the, you know, that does, you know, all our planning, not all of it, but, you know, we're big believers in 
zoned and pursued policy around transit-oriented development. And when that is threatened by a commuter rail cut, it's not just, oh, geez, I might, you know, I have to figure out a new way to get to Boston. It's also, well, maybe we won't build that development or we'll make it a, a different kind of infrastructure that doesn't really line up with our goals, but the the market's kind of gone out the window. They've messed it up by not 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 letting us be able to count on that that kind of infrastructure. And that's that's no good. And everything in this community, from a transportation perspective, centers around public transportation and and T access. Right, it's it's critical, and and let's you know let's be clear too. Some people are just trying to get to Shaw's. Not everybody's going into Boston. Uh, right. You know, you know, when you start talking about bus routes, you're just trying to get around town. Yeah, right. And that is what they, you know that is a that is a place when we talk about eight million bucks and what maybe you can do for innovation. There are some, to my mind, there are some very interesting ideas that have been tried in a couple other places. I'll point to Salem's and this thing called the Salem Clipper as an example. That are sounds a very different place than Melrose, but you know it's essentially I'll describe it as inter Salem Uber, and hmm. what is really cool about that is it does make inner city connectivity, which could help. It certainly would help seniors get around much more effectively. I think of um, how do we help our Metco students that really struggle with some after school participation, particularly at the middle school and high school level, because, you know, it, it's the early bus to the late bus and those are your two choices. Right. Well, if we had something like this, that could easily get those kids to Oak Grove. Yeah. Then that opens up a whole, you know, a whole world of possibility without us stressing about, you know, the economics of buses really are awful. Yeah. Really, 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 really. I think how about yes, petty petty cabs and everybody on the ped bike committee has to volunteer to bike us around all of everywhere. Yes. Well let's 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 be realistic. We're gonna have to use sleds in the winter. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but you That's mentioned this program too. See it all works. <laughs> you all mentioned works. uh you mentioned students and uh well, I was uh, riveted by the interview of course but also trying to follow the comments and some of our viewers were talking about kind of the education the learning gap, you know, people everybody's concerned about the impact of the pandemic on this and I did sure. happen to trying to read some articles about the rescue plan. Uh, and it seems like there are some things in there. There's like money directed at that for summer programs or, or other things. So I don't know if you know any more about that, but people were asking some of those questions. So in terms of the, you know, the specifics, you're not, I'm not the guy you want building the nuts and bolts of that plan for sure. I mean, that's gonna, that's gonna sit with with the school department. Sure, but like, uh, is it clear to you that that money is coming and do you have a sense of the 8 million? Is some of that slotted for that or like it just how it plays out? No, uh, my understanding as we sit here today is there are separate piles of dough, of money for <laughs> educational uh, programming related to COVID. Uh, so we have a couple of things going on. There is um, kind of learning loss which yeah. is probably something that in some way, shape or form, most if not all of our students are dealing with in some way. Mm -hmm. And then there are um, compensatory services, which are essentially services that 
um, we are obligated to deliver um, and have really struggled to, you know, if you need occupational therapy in a closed system and you might not have the ability to get someone to deliver those in home and you can't do it at the school either, how do we, how do we deal with it on the fly? More importantly, how do we, how do we get those kids back up to um, where, where they should be, but for, um, but for the pandemic. So, uh, two different sides, two different parts of the same, uh, of the same problem that um, I've certainly talked a lot about with the superintendent and with a couple of school committee members about that, that specific need, um, the building of it, uh, a, a little, again, two different parts and a little bit challenging. It, it, you know, if some families are intend to go way over the summer, but might need those services. Are we talking about a in a building plan? Is there some other way to do it? Do we need to make it? You know, offer a variety of options. Yeah, I'm not I, sure, but I, I think, think that's the, a, you know, there's, there's, I think there's a range of questions, and you make an excellent point that the sort of how to actually uh, deploy that you need experts, right, in in uh -huh. the field to do that. But I think people are curious that money is allocated, how much it is, and those kinds of things. So will this uh, additional $8 million flow through mechanically, like through the city council where people, you know, so like the, the free cash you guys were talking about, like you send a, a written notice to uh, the city council with your recommendation. They debate it. People can log into the Zoom. They go to MMTV and watch that. So it's, it's pretty uh, available to people that are interested yeah. Does this eight million sort of flow that way? Because people are commenting with all kinds of questions and ideas, and I think they'd like to understand and maybe potentially weigh in. So, is it the city council the next stop, or no? I don't think no. so. Okay. Um, this I suspect this is more like the the CARES Act money in that it's direct. Well, it depends on kind of it. It's it's regulated by FEMA and MEMA, and we always check with. Uh, with our auditors to make sure that we are not going far afield of what the intended use of the dollars is. Um, but it's, it looks like it's direct from state to executive to do with it, to, to spend it. So I mean, in a, in a, in a town, the select board, would have the authority, presumably. Yeah. Uh, in cities, in, in a city like Melrose, it would be the mayor's office. So, uh, so how do you invite people into that? Like the city council kind of has a structure for, you know, making that visible to, to people. This is I I just assume that they would allocate it like they do the normal budget process. But so, like I don't know how do people tune in or do we just have you back once a week for a while to to, 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 to just <laughs> uh, we'll we'll let you know in update. advance the the costume changes that's right perhaps <laughs> right um, perhaps I mean what we will what we did with the what we did with the CARES Act money is um, essentially convened a working group to try to figure out again everyone had priorities and what do you identify as your needs and uh, and what are we going to do? And so the, the vast majority of that money went to support the schools in, in ways that I suppose aren't that particularly interesting in terms of things like cleaning service, some of the uh, services, some of the soft supplies like plexiglass, PPE, um, 
HR costs, like, you know, over time for um, both for DPW staff plus outside vendors that did kind of the, the super cleaning or the more aggressive cleaning, uh, some police and fire overtime. And we certainly reported that out to the city council on kind of the city side. There were also buckets of uh, education spending that we told that was really school department ability to spend, but this, the um, super, the superintendent, Leah Secor, their finance person, you know, certainly kept us up to date on, on what the needs are. And then there needed to be some coordination between city side and school side to make sure we weren't doing anything duplicative or counterproductive. Right. So it's like, that's a pretty complex, nuanced process. It's not like there's a lot of moving parts to this. It's pretty nuts. It's yeah. pretty nuts. I mean, again, it's a good problem to have. Man. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's not like with some of the school spending, it just, it, it had to be nimble. We knew we had to clean schools. We knew what it took, you know, when we knew, you know, what, what our capacity was, what kind of the vendor marketplace looked like and, and jumped on that. So you mentioned advisory boards, and I noticed I read in an article in the patch today that, uh, and I, maybe you can verify this is true, that Mayor Broder has Mayor Paul Broder's advisory committee on enhanced liquor sales in the in the Mount Hood article. So is that a real thing? And and how do we? How do we how all do we, get? How do, are there why are we not on this advisory board? I don't want that board. I, I am not board. sure that this group, or what I suspect your audience demographic is, represents a full and fair cross-section of the opinions <laughs> of what alcohol consumption commercially should look like in fair this point. Okay. <laughs> That's a fair that point. That having been said, yeah, we did put yeah. together, we put, we did put together a group. Um, oh, I'd hesitate to say one, maybe, maybe six months ago or so, um, really to give me some ideas about um, kind of the current state of some of those regulations what we need to do to, if anything, um, to change, um, to change the rules to make things a little bit more uh, potentially attractive for folks that might want to do business downtown in ways that changing those rules might generate some more interest and some more foot traffic and all the, and all those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I liked in this article was about, you know, should we allow uh, uh, beer and wine sales on the course uh, on Mount yeah. Hood? And the comment from the advisory group, I don't know if it was you or the advisory group was like, look, you know, let's think bigger than that. Because it's it's what happens in Melrose is we debate, should we allow NIMPS or this or that? And we're kind of losing the big picture. So I thought that was encouraging. But I didn't know that that advisory board was real and that that's the way you sort of get input to make a lot of these decisions. Right. And so, um, and um, that makes it sound a little bit too um, top down, if you will. That is really, in some respects, um, the starting point. And by that, I mean, you know, if they're depending on what changes we decide to make, uh, like the the beverage cart at Mount Hood. To your point, is part of a bigger discussion. But that is, what that implicates is an ordinance that says you can't have any alcohol consumption on any parkland in Melrose, meaning it would be illegal under the ordinance for the, the folks who run the course 
to do that no matter what the liquor commission says the liquor commission can't flip a right 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 can't flip an ordinance only the alderman i mean only the city council can um but say something like the the expanded footprint for outdoor dining that is state law slash liquor commission so the liquor commission can can consider that without any kind of a change in our current in our current operation and other stuff like say say we do make that that change to the ordinance the liquor commission and the state abtc would still both have to approve the beverage count at mount hood so this is the this is the boring but important stuff that i think people don't okay. understand <laughs> And it, uh, but it takes it takes time. <laughs> What'd you say? No, 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 no offense, offense Mr. Mayor. <laughs> no, but it's no, but it's no, he was I think, not. Tom, I think Tom, Tom, Tom's point is like these. The, the questions aren't so. Sure, so you easy. make my so, point, Jen. Please, please, please. <laughs> Let Wait, me let explain for you. Where's where's that where's that remove button? <laughs> so that they, you know, there's a we, we all we all have our wish lists of things that that we want to do and and I you know uh, they they are possible and so as long as our our leadership kind of comes at it with with that with that attitude and that frame of mind like let's let's figure out how we remove the barriers or make changes where we, we need to but there but it's not always like real simple so I, I get so, that and, you know Look, there are yeah yeah there's not uh, unanimity of agreement about about right. things like that you know, the yeah. the evolution of commercial access to alcohol how's that for a boring turn of the phrase <laughs> um you know as someone who's been here for 54 years has been cripplingly slow from from my perspective there are, you know you will also find people that say probably we're going to hell in a handbasket because the demon rum has you know come along and injected itself into melrose in some way and so yeah, I would say this, if but for, you know, the first couple restaurants being licensed and that going okay, and then um, you know, we see beer and wine as a, arguably an ancillary product to a different kind of retail enterprise, we didn't do those and have them go well, we wouldn't be in a position where we'd be seriously talking about these other changes. So it's, it, it, it's a bit of an evolution. But I, I had highlighted that comment that Brett made. Uh, dis decisions are made by those who show up. And the boring but important stuff, I, I was just going to encourage people to participate in the yeah. process because everybody goes to the city council meeting or calls your office at the 11th hour when things have, are already done and they're just finding out about it. But you really need to engage along the way. And the, you know, the, the folks that show up and pay attention throughout that and go to some of these meetings are talking about maybe not all of them but it is important i think to understand that it takes time and even on this show tonight we're talking about five million and eight million there's a process for handling this and you've got to slow down and kind of pay attention to some of it and figure out how to engage and i think people are looking to you as the leader of the city to communicate and, and help us make that easy i guess you know for yeah. people and the city council is governed by rules to make that accessible so uh all that to say, uh, you know, the boring but important stuff. Uh, it 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 is important. Uh, right. It is, and, and we just very much appreciate you coming on to the show and and being interviewed twice because so far our new 
format has been a complete failure. <laughs> but it has yielded, I think, and I've been watching the clock here. I think yeah. this is the longest a, running a, show in LT. It is the longest show. Sure. A special one hour with the mayor. Let's, let's keep going. We should have sold advertising on this. Yes. That's right. yeah. um, I just want to just to wrap up one more point for me. Here we go. Um, the, the, the $8 million that's coming in from the federal government to me feels like the uh, once in a lifetime opportunity to elevate the community to a level that we never thought we would be able to do, right? So every year we have to live by a budget and then some years we have extra money and that's great. But this other money coming in to me is the first opportunity, maybe the only opportunity we'll have uh, in our time living here as parents and, and residents to really help Melrose become the community we always know that it could be and should be. So that's my hope is that, is that we use it for that, you know, for, that, for that. I disagree with what you said just a little bit. And that is that it's more like the opportunity to hit the accelerator in, in, to a certain degree. Better way to put we, it. Yeah. Like you look at a master plan and you set out, you set out these goals and you reach them in fits and starts and you get curveballs along the way, like a COVID or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And you, you have to adjust that vision, but you know, to the extent we can, uh, you know, have this opportunity and really frame it as what do we want the community to be almost instead of what box can we check off mm -hmm. is a big deal. And I'll, I'll go back to that. Uh, my, my Salem Clipper example, you know, that is something that arguably again, can, there's, there's value there for students. There's value there for seniors. There's value there for our merchants, for folks that might be, you know, they might have an ambulatory job. It's good news. It's good news for the environment if it's going to, you know, suppress traffic. Maybe folks think about leaving their car behind a little bit long. That is, you know, that's good for, for a whole ton of people. And it's good yeah. for folks over the long term. Those are the kinds of things that I'm really interested in doing. Certainly not the only thing we can do. I'm not sure if we can pull off that particular thing, but it's it's just a great, it's a good example of the th of the thinking right. though. Um, you know, I like I like it as, as an example. But, um, but I do like your yeah. no. Go, go ahead, ahead, Tom. I was just say I do like your your accelerator example. That that seems to be a better fit. I like that. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a it, it's a good problem to have, and hopefully we can fit. You know. Sixteen million dollars worth of ideas into. into well, the that's the thing. You, if you look at the, you know, you look at the, the when we showed the capital thing earlier, it makes you realize how quick eight mil will go. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's right. a nice chunk of money for for Melrose, and but um, it's it's going to go in a hot second. So, yeah. well, and, 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 you have to be, you have to be quick but deliberative, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, oh, we'll do, you know, X O. Oh, uh, I've always wanted a bronze statue of me in the middle of. <laughs> oh well, we can make we make, all kinds, Field, of, right? we make all kinds of statues and awards around here. Well, no, that we, is we a can, good investment. We can get that done on the on the cheap. You oh, we got a warehouse. We also have yeah. a warehouse full of bronze. That's where we invested in the pandemic. <laughs> right, right. We went right to bronze last March. Because <laughs> we figured everybody's going to go gold, and then they're going to go silver. And by the time they get to bronze, we'll have we, uh, we, cornered the market. Platinum's <laughs> too pricey. I understand. 
Yes. Hey, listen, uh, I got break more breaking news on this show. I got a text from my wife that says Baker says state will release plan to vaccinate remaining groups Wednesday morning. I think that might mean tomorrow morning. That might be. Let me pump news. the brakes on that for you. <laughs> oh, okay, <yeah>. really? <laughs> in the know. That yeah. is true. But let's just keep in mind that opening up a new category has not always been linked very closely to availability of vaccine. Yeah. Right. So it, it will open things up and it will uh, hopefully accelerate the, the overall numbers. But, you know, one thing that one thing that we haven't talked about, and when I say we, I don't mean just you guys. I mean, any of us is one thing. <laughs> that's well, no, been, it's 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 all of right, ours now. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone is listening. <laughs> one thing that we have we have focused on and not really talked about is um getting vaccines to folks that, that literally can't get to it. And, you know, right. Technically the homebound. Oh, we've and talked that about is, it. <laughs> that is um, super important, very challenging. And, you know, it's folks that, that can't navigate the system. So, so there, I read an article as a pharmacist in Brooklyn that apparently went and, and did this. Right. And so he, he noticed the appointments dropping, he had more supply yep. and he didn't want to, uh, you know, evaporate as an outlet. And so he actually went to the senior centers and, and did that. And that, you know, increased the adoption rate tremendously. Do we have the opportunity to do anything like that for those people and then also in the comments people are of course asking about teachers if there's any angle on i know that there was a clinic last week at memorial hall and somebody put a blast out uh to get the teachers and they had 50 extra shots was that you uh, yes yes Very, uh, so I, people appreciated that and we got some of that done but as you navigate this and now if there's more people eligible and there's still limited supply are, are there I don't know the tools in your tool belt on this anymore. They seem to keep changing them. Uh, so I don't know, like how do we get them to people who, like you said, who can't get out or to teachers more easily uh, or anything like that? That's a whole show. Uh, that, that really is because it, it is uh, super complicated. The, the, the state really has changed the rules on several, uh, on several occasions. I will say regarding the teachers, it's as simple as this from up from the city's perspective. If we are given vaccine, we can turn around a clinic in 24 hours. So there's no, you know, there's no question about that. Um, in terms of the homebound, it, it, it's, it's a lot harder because you can't do a clinic by by its very nature. So you know, a good day if you, if you get thirty shots in the arms with the homebound, that's really a good day because you are going to them. You do have to you know you have to wait the fifteen minutes to make sure they're okay. You can't right. jump off to another apartment. Um, and basically, we 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 check with our partners. We talk to folks like Mystic Valley Health Services. We check with seniors. We check with the housing authorities um, and make sure. Make sure we can get at those folks. We are always worried that if someone isn't involved with a program or have that kind of access, that we might not reach them. Uh, unfortunately, there's also some regulatory language around that. You have to be homebound in the way that state defines homebound in order for us to be able to put the needle in your arm. Otherwise, we put our own supply in jeopardy. Not that there is a big supply coming to cities and towns at this point. We won't tell anyone. 
You have, you have the LTMM permission to cut a couple, to use your judgment and cut a couple of corners as appropriate. Whereas we'll none of that. we hereby <laughs> declare, you know, we're members of the Chamber of Commerce. I don't yes, know if you know that. We, so uh, whatever that's worth, we uh, we uh, we uh, further empower you. Throw throw our waiter throw our waiter. That is worth a lot, but not in this particular context. <laughs> Meet, who do we have to call? We, who do we have to meanwhile, call? <laughs> meanwhile, we're just about holding the mayor hostage at this point. So um, <laughs> we should we should probably we should probably let him go. <laughs> we, we should, but thank you so much uh, yeah. for uh, for entertaining it. And sticking around and being interviewed twice and uh, letting us go on to <laughs> multiple topics. No, I, but really, the, yeah. the comments are off the hook. People really appreciate it. They yeah. love hearing from yeah. you. Uh, yeah. Thanks yeah. for letting us, average Melroseans, uh, you know, represent uh, some of the others out there. Uh, maybe not perfectly, as you uh, pointed out before, but uh, the show is really all about just trying to get a conversation of Melroseans talking to Melroseans. And this is the stuff that's kind of hard to parse out, you know, yeah. from watching oh, media yes. minutes and. And you do an excellent job with the updates. So anybody who's not getting the mayor's updates that are, I think, still almost daily, if not daily, on the coronavirus and uh, uh, the Broder Bulletin, soon to be rebranded, I think. Uh, yeah, we're working on the th a theme song for you. Some of my best people are on that. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, you know, d d despite your efforts, which are excellent, I think, in many ways in that area, and all the stuff that is available to the public by default just through the protocols. I think coming on and joining us, uh, and we are sorry that it, it, it took, uh, and we, we kept you long, but we appreciate it, and I think people appreciate it, because it's just hard, like, and especially now in the pandemic, because if people would see you around town, you would stop and, and chat, chat mm -hmm. it up with them, and it's just not happening right now. Right. And I would yeah. say, in some respects, it's a little bit scary to put out any kind of public information because you do get concerned that it's going to change mm -hmm. you know we'll say oh there shall be um you know we had we had an experience with one of one of the clinics that we ran where the the mantra is you're guaranteed second doses which you kind of have to be or the whole thing kind of goes away mm -hmm. and um you know, we gave we did shots to 400 people, overwhelming majority of us 75 and older. And when it was time to do the second clinic, we were told, "Yep, yeah, and we've got your 700 doses ready to roll." So, what do we do about that? And here's what the state doesn't do. And like I said, it's getting a lot better, but the state doesn't tell you how to call up seven or eight hundred people that you promised to have a vaccine and say. Maybe come back in four days and we'll see what happens. And then and you got to do that pretty early. And then the day before D-Day, they go, Oh, we found you, we found you some doses, so those people can all come. Yeah, it's it's a process, right? And we're we're I guess the, the cities and towns are really, really good at it. And we hope to have as as more vaccine comes online, we hope to have a much bigger role than the state currently kind of contemplates us having. And to the extent folks have additional questions about teachers and vaccine, uh, I'm going to try to, depending on how the questions go at tomorrow night's forum, to speak to that a little bit. Um, hopefully, we'll be a little bit more articulate than I've been, than I've been tonight on that particular subject, um, because there is some good stuff going on, and I'm sure there is some frustration around you know, we see, we know this need is out there. Why aren't we just doing it? And there, there are answers. Great. 
Yeah. I, yes. And we talked last week. Uh, we, that was kind of what our show was about last week. Um, and, you know, I think we talked about timing as well, um, that we're putting teachers, unvaccinated teachers in front of children, unvaccinated children, and within weeks of them being allowed to get or a week. So I think we would love to hear. Um, we, yeah, we would love to hear more about. You know what? Maybe we have to do Good Morning Melrose in addition to LTMM. <laughs> we keep LTMM Tuesday nights, and uh, every morning we get up and we. We, we uh, should call it the morning after, and it should be Wednesday morning. <laughs> Wednesday morning. That could go a lot of different directions. <laughs> Why did I say that out loud? I can't give it to that. Put it, the put, put it the on the T-shirt. It's, a, it's going. It's going on the next round of T-shirts. Happy Happy Hump Day. Um, <laughs> you know what would be a neat guest for you guys, since we're talking a little bit about communications and stuff, is my newest staffer, Brianna Garcia. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't suggest an hour and a We've asked her. Um, she must be watching every episode. We asked her as soon as we hired. Um, but yes, we would love to meet her. She seems phenomenal. And I She's appreciate, awesome. I appreciate her graphic bump. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the important thing. Why does this keep... I keep... Sorry, I keep... Hiding and it keeps popping back up. <laughs> Someone else is popping it. This is we was off the rails when Tom and I were backstage. That's why we had to come. That's why we had to come back. <laughs> yes. Let me out. Let me out of jail. Let's go. Let's go behind the scenes and let's talk Melrose Melrose. Yes. It's not. What it's is, very what is the backstage in a virtual it's, environment? It's very. Yeah. There's a lot of buttons and all those. All those great things that you see come on this stage. It looks like mission control when you're back well, there. It's maybe, very intimidating. Maybe just, maybe just to wrap, as you know, yeah. Mr. Mayor, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and Jen and I were given uh, too much we power. We were given the keys. I, yeah. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So we're Are you the sole comments. controller of the sound effect, Tom? He is. <laughs> he is. Yes, he is. You there had to go. ask. You had to ask. So, so he also the controls the music. I did. Yes, it doesn't. None of it works from the back room. All right, Mr. Mayor, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who hung in watching it. Uh, don't forget we to download the audio podcast. Listen to this again and again. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you around town. To <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs>